welcome to our Deeper Secrets Revealed podcast with Sarah Finlay. Have you ever had a question for the opposite sex in which you seek to be answered authentically? On this podcast, that is exactly what we do. I discuss intimate topics with guests as they share their point of view about dating, sex and relationships. We are raw and authentic to reveal the essence of how the opposite sex feels about today's topic we are exploring. If you have a question, please feel free to write to us and ask. It just might inspire our next episode and get answered. Thanks for joining me today. Now let's dive in deep to today's topic. Welcome to our Deeper Secrets Revealed podcast. I'm Sarah Finlay and thank you so much for listening. In today's episode, we'll be discussing compromising in relationships. And today I have a new friend, Josh, to share his experience. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Hi, Sarah. Hello. So let's define what compromising in a relationship means to you. All right. So when you asked me um, to come on here and talk about compromise, I actually looked the word up because I thought to myself, well, interestingly about the word compromise, it's got more than one meaning. Mm -hmm. Um, So to compromise most obviously means to come to an agreement about something, but it also means to put something um, to endanger something like Mm -hmm. to compromise the situation, Mm -hmm. compromise your integrity or uh, relationship. Um, And it also means to lower your standards. So Mm -hmm. when you are compromising, you say you want something to be a certain way, but the compromise is that it's going to be less than that Mm -hmm. um, in order to accomplish the other version of it being in agreement with someone. Um, So for me, it kind of means all those different things and different facets of, of your life, you know, and they all kind of work together in a strange way too. Yeah. So I think when it comes to relationships, we're talking about sometimes you compromise yourself or your lifestyle or your values or your integrity, maybe too much. Yes. Yeah. And funny enough, it still brings in that third definition of, you know, if I'm compromising myself or we're coming to a compromise to agree on something to keep this relationship going, what am I endangering by doing that? Am I endangering my own integrity? Am I compromising who I am in order yeah. to compromise in my relationship? Yeah. Um, and I've definitely experienced that over, over my lifetime so in many different areas. you've compromised in a relationship? I've compromised in my re- relationships, in my career, which is also kind of like a relationship. Yeah. Um, I was married for seven years. Okay. So that is the definition of compromise after a while, <laughs> just to keep it going. And compromise staying in my career, in my job, um, mm-hmm. compromised who I've been just because I've changed so much. I think it's through compromise and putting myself in situations where I needed to compromise that taught me who I was. Okay. Because um, I realized what is valuable to me when I had to make decisions about what I wanted to give up to kind of maintain whatever situation I was in. So do you think, it sounds like you're talking about sacrifice as well. I work with athletes. Uh-huh. And we often will talk about sacrifice and discipline in order for them to achieve what they need to to be like an elite athlete. Right. Um, And I feel like there's a difference sometimes. And it's this gray area, I suppose, that we're playing in relationships between sacrifice and compromise. Absolutely. And I suppose what's what's a healthy compromise and what's over compromising and giving up too much of yourself. Well, if we knew the answer to that question, <laughs> there wouldn't be any problems, right? I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> um, but interestingly, it's because of the process that at least that I've been through, and I know that people go through throughout their life being in, in various different situations that 
you know, didn't work out or were trying, um, that you learn about what that compromise means and what you are willing to give up and whether or not you should give something up for a relationship. Mm -hmm. Is this the kind of person that I want to compromise for? What does it mean for me to compromise? Am I is it limiting who I am or who I need to be in order to mm. compromise? So, I mean, we could go back through all the different situations, you know, in, in marriage or in career and talk about it from that standpoint. But yeah, it's, it's hard to say like the best way to go about figuring that out. I think it just comes through experience. I think it comes through knowing who you are. And, and I was going to get there too. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I think if you don't know exactly who you are, you don't know what you need to defend and like who you yeah. are. So like when I was married, I was 21, 22 when I got married. Okay. And you think you know who you are at 21 um, I know, or you that don't. you know everything, <laughs> but you definitely don't. And everyone told me that at the time. And I thought, you know, I, I knew everything, but I didn't. And, uh, it was because of not knowing who I was that I didn't know what I was giving up when I got married um, okay. and who I was getting married to. So it was hard to compromise because I didn't know who I was, you know? Yeah. And I think it's once I started to learn what I liked and what I didn't like, and I knew what I needed out of the relationship. And I also knew what I could give because of where I was in my life. Mm. That's when I probably started to realize that this wasn't the right situation, the right relationship for me. Mm-hmm slash my career the same mm-hmm. reason i left my career as well okay right interesting did so did you realize that it was happening that you were maybe over compromising or was it sort of like an afterthought like you'd gotten so far into the relationship and you had over compromised but you just didn't realize it so i think when i started my relationship i probably already started compromising from the very beginning without realizing it okay and because you have certain things that you know a little bit about yourself at that time and you know who you a little bit about what you want what you need but as that changes and the compromises you made in the beginning well they're still there because that person has already has the expectations for you yeah. and so from the beginning of the relationship you guys went into it knowing these things about each other expecting that to continue that way but as your values change and what you want out of the relationship and who you are and what you're able to give that's going to change and then all of a sudden it's like you wake up and you go oh this person that i am today doesn't work with those compromises that i made seven years ago yeah because i've changed so much and it's a little bit of a letdown for that other person who maybe hasn't changed with you or has changed in a different way yeah because they're still expecting those things from you you can't deliver that now you've got problems. So now you have to re-compromise. Um, And if you get to this point where you're realizing that, well, I can't compromise anymore, maybe it's time to move on from whatever that situation is. Yeah, I agree. I was um, similar situation. I wasn't married, but in a relationship all of my 20s. Mm -hmm. Now that, you know, that relationship's in the past and now I've got hindsight, I've realized I was probably compromising a lot more than I realized, but I didn't realize that I was compromising, but I don't think I knew myself as well as I do now versus them because like we're saying, how you know yourself in your 20s versus 30s, completely different. And like everyone that knows me now knows that I'm pretty obsessed with the ocean and surfing. But in that relationship, he hates the ocean. He hates everything about it. So I didn't go to the beach that much. I didn't, I had, was learning to surf, right. but I hadn't, like, there's a way to learn surfing and I hadn't worked out how you actually learn to surf. Therefore, I hadn't gotten the bug. And then mm-hmm. I got in this relationship with someone that hated the ocean. So we never went to the beach. Right. So then I sort of gave up surfing. And now that's like, I do that two to three times a week now. I like completely, right. it's just a little example, but that was, I think maybe we overcompromised because we don't even know ourselves. Totally. Um, and the same with my relationship, my, my ex left 
her home, left her job to come follow me because of the requirements of my career. So her big sacrifice or compromise was that she would give that up in order to follow me where I was going um, because I didn't have any leg room to kind of follow her. So she had to give up a huge part of her identity in order to make our relationship work. Yeah. And it ended up hurting us in the long run because in the, in the short run, we could be together. You know, we could yeah. have a marriage that we wouldn't have been able to have had we not compromised, but it compromised who we were. You know, she had to lower her standards of what she wanted out of life. Okay. You know, she had to compromise her, our relationship, you know, endangering it by compromising. And that ultimately led to us splitting apart. I compromised in the way I had to just be in our relationship. It changed who I was, what I wanted out of life. It was a big part of it was my career was kind of the way uh, it would limit my freedom. I'm a very like independent person. I need my space. I need to be on my own, doing my own thing. But the type of job I was in and also just being married, it comes with certain constraints. And you, uh, you want to give up those things at first to be with this person and make them happy. But I think as you grow in that, that relationship, you start to realize that compromise is definitely, it's not necessarily necessary to make a relationship work Mm. because if, if you learn that, you know, loving that person, um, I guess the right word would be unconditionally, it shouldn't matter about compromise. It's almost like you're coming to agreements because, you know, it's what you both need out of the relationship. I'm wondering, and even talking to you, because I'm having my own aha moments and I hope other people are yeah. as we go along this journey today. But I wonder if compromise is also an element of people pleasing People pleasing to that specific partner, like saying yes to that person for something, even though you don't really want to do it because you want to people please and make them happy. And there's a fine line between maybe supporting and doing something that they like to do. I'll use my example. Maybe my partner could have, my ex-partner could have come to the beach with me every now and then, for example, versus not, you know, as well. And what the healthy thing is but people pleasing is definitely something that a lot of us all do absolutely and it's like they say that our biggest fear is not what's going to hurt us it's what other people think about us yeah so i think you're right i think a lot of the decisions we make in our life and a lot of the compromises we do make with people trying to lower our standards or give them what they want is because we're worried about what they're going to think about us you might lose them you might lose them and you know what as i've gotten older i used to be petrified of what other people thought about me i think a lot of the decisions i made in my life was because I thought that was what was expected of me to get married, to have a career, you know, the whole nine yards. And I've, as I've gotten older, I've cared less and less, maybe because of the trials I've been through about what other people think. And if anything, it's just made me happier and also a lot easier to identify the good relationships when they come. Because when I find a woman that I just really work with and things are just clicking with us, I'm not thinking about compromise. I'm not thinking, what do I need to get up, give up to make this work? Yeah. Because I know who I am and I'm then now naturally attracting that into my life. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm trying to develop this great relationship with myself first now. Yeah. And that's the kind of the journey I'm on now. And as I get to know myself better, I'm attracting these people into my life who are more like me and what I want. So I don't need to worry about changing who I am to be part of their life or them changing part of themselves to be part of my life. We're just, it's just working. I agree with that. And I didn't realize that either. Like in my relationship, we had completely different things that we wanted to do in our personal life. He loved watching sports on TV. I liked going to the beach. He didn't like going to the beach. And I would bring that up over our relationship. Like, you know, I'm not one of those girls that's going to go to the footy every weekend. Like I'm, I'm just 
not is that a problem he's like no 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 but then I could sort of see that he liked some of my friends that were like that yeah. and I was like if this doesn't work but you know it's, there's almost like you get in so far and you get this comfort so many years in your life exactly. you love them right. and then you start compromising because the feelings have come in sort of thing but now I've learnt with that how important it is to share not be the same but similar values and want similar things out of life which I don't I didn't realise in my 20s because you, know, you don't know what you want when you're 20. You no. What you want is what society has taught you to want. You yeah. know, the marriage and the career and the house and all those things. I totally and utterly agree with that. So when did you get the awareness in the relationship that you were overcompromising? Or did you get awareness in it? Or was it more it's a hindsight for you like it has been for me afterwards, like upon reflection? Well, it was it was towards the end of the marriage. You know, obviously lots of reflection after we, we split up. Um, but it was within that marriage when I started to get to figure out really what I wanted out of life and how I wanted to live my life is when I realized I was compromising because like I said before, all the compromises I've made to make the relationship work in the beginning were no longer working for me. Um, and this person that I was with was just, she wanted her own things out of life and they just happened to be different than mine. And we didn't realize that when we started out because we didn't know what we wanted. Mm -hmm. And I think the most important part is realizing what you want. Who are you? Mm-hmm. Once you know the answer to that question, you know what your most important thing, let's say it's travel or going to the ocean or whatever that one thing is. I think ultimately, if you can both agree on what your big thing is in your life, all the other little details kind of fall into place. Yeah. Like you get one person might like to watch sports. Another person might like to go to the park. But if you both, your biggest passion is travel and you're both on the same page about that, then the rest yeah. of it is just things you can do on your own. Because I yeah. think you need both. You need that thing that you do together that mm. is the meaning of your life. But then the rest of the things that you can go off and do different. I agree. Because some people get too codependent exactly. on each other and maybe they're even compromising. They're doing things to – I think there's a lot of girls out there pretend that they like watching sports just to Probably. like – yeah. <laughs> um, please their man and whatnot and i think there's just a very fine line of a balance and being a man i've pretended to like watching sports just to make other men happy you know (laughs) okay because that's how we're supposed to bond i guess right but to be honest with you i've just given up on that because i don't care yeah you know and i just lost interest in watching sports so yeah yeah it's good Um, so we've sort of touched on this already, but do you think we compromise what we want in life because feelings are involved and it's the fear of the unknown? Like we get so far, we get scared of, of if we break up with this person, will I find someone? Will I be single forever? It's that fear of being alone. It's yeah. like there's the fear of what people think about us and the next fear is fear of being alone. And yeah. I think sometimes that we absolutely compromise in order to not be alone, we compromise all kinds of things to avoid that feeling of being alone. And so with the first one of compromising to keep the relationship together because you don't know who you are, the other one is compromising because you don't want to be alone. You're, you're afraid of that person leaving you, whether it's a relationship or, you know, a friend. Um, but also with the career, too, we compromise our integrity, possibly. Uh, mm-hmm. We compromise doing what we don't want to do so we can just make money in order to keep the job, keep the girl, keep the friend. Mm. So I've um, been doing lots of other interviews and talking to people like that. And I've got, I'm excited about when this interview comes out. And I can't remember if it's before or after this episode because I've planned so much. But this guy, Javan, that I interviewed, he said that a lot of men are lonely. And that they're actually scared of being alone and they don't know how to be with themselves. Yes. 
how can you relate to that as a man yourself and you've gone through this experience? So I imagine you've you've gone through the whole lot of that. I have. When uh, right after I got divorced, I felt extremely alone. I had, you know, friends and family around me, um, but there's still that part of you that feels, you know, your your spouse, your best friend is gone. They're not you're going home and it's empty now. Yeah. Um, so you feel that just deep down inside, like I'm all alone. And of course it crosses your mind. I'm going to be alone forever because my marriage failed and I'm never going to be with somebody. So you go through that and it's very heartbreaking. And I think what helped get me through it was maybe not turning to something to fill that, that void. I actually, because of the journey I was going through at the time, I actually decided to just dive right into my my loneliness and feel it as much as possible okay and it's just like anything in life that bothers you or that you're afraid of instead of running from from it or trying to protect yourself from it i've i've found that running towards it and getting to know it and become familiar with it it transforms itself into what it needs to be so instead of turning to my friends or my family or television or going out to fill that loneliness i stayed in a lot Not because I was avoiding people, but because I wanted to, I was aware of my loneliness and my sadness and I wanted to sit with it. Yeah. You wanted to face it. I turned the, I got rid of my television. Um, I didn't watch much, you know, computer stuff. I just kind of sat in my living room, meditated, just really wanted to process everything and get to become familiar with myself. So it was becoming familiar with my loneliness that I could become familiar with myself and then almost like three or four months later, it was just like, okay, I'm done. I'm done feeling alone. I feel okay with being alone. Okay. And I went back out and I made new friends and I made, you know, new experiences and it was great. And now I, when I'm at periods of my life where I'm with a lot of people, I go, I, okay, I want to go be alone now. And then when I'm alone, I'm like, okay, I'm done doing this. I'm going to go be with people now. And now yeah. I'm in this great balance where I can have both and it's okay. That's so incredible. That's so brave of you to be able to face the fear and face those. And this is what I try to share with people as well, that fears and things that are there, they look like these big walls that you can't get through. But if you face them and take them on, they just like crumble away and they right. lose their power. Exactly. And yeah. I, But the key to that is to not um, stifle it with something else. Like for me, my big addiction is sugar. Okay. And it would have been really natural for me to probably sit at home and just gobble down ice cream and drink and all that, you know, all the things that we do to fill those voids. Yeah. But honestly, the best way to feel an emotion is just completely clean. Just feel it for what it is. And it's going to be really uncomfortable. But the key to knowing that you're doing it, going in the right direction is when you do feel uncomfortable. Okay. That's how the universe tells you that you are growing. Yeah. Growing is always being uncomfortable. It's like a caterpillar in a cocoon. You know, it's stretching and expanding inside this little cocoon. It's extremely comfortable. It's going to turn into a butterfly. That's how that happens. And for us as human beings, that's, that's our cocoon is being uncomfortable and feeling sadness and feeling anger. Um, Don't stifle it. Don't make it uh, um, numb. Don't get numb to it. Don't find a chemical to, uh, to help you get through it. Just feel the thing and it'll go away much quicker. Yeah, so it took you three months of releasing it, basically. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Wow. And then what was that moment where you just all of a sudden woke up and went, I'm okay? How? Um, I I can't say it was like a particular day. Maybe it happened over a period of like a week or two. Um, But all of a sudden you wake up in the morning and it's like it doesn't feel like that morning where you wake up and there's no one sitting next to me or there's no one laying yeah. next to me. Cause that's one of the biggest things I missed was going to bed alone. Okay. You know, even towards the end, you know, we knew we wanted to split apart, but we stayed in the same bed together because it was just more comfortable that way. Yeah. You know, we, yeah, you we still love each other as, mm-hmm. as human beings and that's all that really matters. So 
waking up without someone next to you is, is hard. And then one day I woke up and I felt good in my bed alone. Oh, wow. I felt like okay. I'm supposed to be alone in my bed, but I'm not yeah. supposed to have someone next to me. And you go outside and you, you kind of greet the day and you make new friends and everything just feels different. And then what's funny is then you go, when you eventually find something, you've got to get used to sharing the bed again. You're like, this is weird. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's... I can't starfish anymore. What do you mean? <laughs> Which is the best. I love that. A nice king-size bed and being able to spread out for the first time was wonderful. Yeah. Even to this day, though, I still keep myself crammed on one side of the bed, though. It's just out of oh, habit. Oh, really? I, I do not. I am starfish. I am around. Like, so I'm going to have to, like, get used to sharing the bed again. <laughs> At first, yeah, it is weird because you are used to having someone in the bed with you. But, right. Yeah. <laughs> and another question I have is, do you think society's pressures are also a reason why we compromise on ourselves? which we've spoken about, like, we're scared of judgment, we're scared of going against the norm. I often chat to my coach, and I've said often on this podcast as well, happiness is not for chicken shits, which means you have to make sometimes really tough decisions that go against the norm of what society says is what will make you happy or what not in order to find happiness. And sometimes people in your life don't understand that or they don't get it or it's just not the norm. So I wonder if society in itself and the values and what it tells us is also a reason why we may compromise. Absolutely. And I would say that's exactly why I chose the career I chose when I was 18 um, that I got into. And I mean, I, I married for love and I married because, you know, I wanted to be married. But I think a big part of it was I was trying to fulfill that part of the checklist that mm-hmm. society teaches us in school is, all right, well, if you get married and you have kids and you buy a house and you get a dog and you have this career and you have a title, um, people are going to love you. Mm. Um, but you have to do all of these things in this order. And I was trying to do that, if, if not subconsciously. Mm-hmm. And when it became aware that that's what was kind of going on, I realized I picked the career because that's what was kind of expected of me. And I, I got married at a young age because that's what people in my career tended yeah, to do. They do. And uh, a lot of what I was doing at the time was because that's what was expected of me. And I was compromising who I was in order to fulfill those things, thinking that it was going to lead to whatever happiness that I was supposed to find. Mm. And But the thing is, is people ask me, you know, if I would ever go back and change the past and I wouldn't change a single day of it. I wouldn't change a single day of my career or my marriage or, uh, or anything that's happened to me because it's, it's helped me realize all of these things that I've learned about mm. myself. It's, it's put me in this place where I can look back on those things and know who I am and, and now know uh, what I want and mm-hmm. what I need out of life. And how have you learned about yourself and discovered yourself now since the relationship? Like what was that process to learn who you are? Um, Lots of reading and reflection, yeah. talking to, to people about their own relationships. Um, it's funny, you go from this world where you're married um, and you're hanging out with other married couples and doing married things and, and you're in a relationship with this person. And uh, then you go to this non-married world, back to the single world, which for me was interesting because I hadn't been single since 2006, 2007. And now it's, you know, 2015. 
15 and the world's changed. Oh, yeah. You know, people are dating on telephones or on apps and stuff now. We didn't have that back then. So learning a whole new process was I went through the same thing. I was like, what the hell happened? What's Tinder? (laughs) You know, like, so learning all that kind of taught me a lot. But yeah, lots of self-reflection. I really got into meditating at that time. And like I said, right after she left, we uh, or I was just, I chose to be on my own. And when you're alone and you're not distracting yourself with your phone or your TV or computer, it's scary um, mm. because you have to actually look at yourself mm. because now there's nothing else around you to take your attention. All of mm. your attention is on you and on your thoughts and what you're thinking about. And it's very powerful. Did you have a coach or anyone help you through that? Or were you able to do this by yourself? Um, I did not have anybody per se help me through it. I had very supportive friends, people who said, you know, hey, I'm there for you. And I would talk to them about my feelings and what was going on. But for the most part, nobody giving me like any kind of concrete advice of, hey, this is how you move forward with your life. Okay. It was mostly just just reading, just self-help type things. Okay. And I think that's probably where I got the idea to uh, really feel what was going on instead of numbing it or suppressing it. Sounds like, did you follow your instincts? You started to listen to your inner guidance and wisdom. I did, yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think think a a big reason of why I ended up leaving my relationship and leaving my career was because that inner guidance started speaking up in my late 20s. And, And not to say that that's only when it arrived, but maybe I just started listening then. And how could you tell that was guidance versus ego or fear talking? Okay, because it feels different. So mm-hmm. you know that ego is talking when you can feel those things coming from your head. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I guess I had read somewhere at the time to listen to your heart. There's lots of great books about that concept. Um, but listening to your heart instead of your head, because your heart is just there to support you and put you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So when I started making decisions or thinking about things, well, what does my heart want? And it's, I know it sounds kind of strange or funny. Like when we have thoughts, we assume they're coming from our brain. Um, but when we also have feelings and yeah. we can look at a thing or make a decision instead of going, well, what is my brain saying? How does this make me feel? Yeah. So I, it's just like getting into a habit. So I would kind of get to points in the day where I'd have to make a decision and something, or instead of weighing the pros and cons of it, like the brain would do, I would just go, what do I feel about this thing? What's going to make me feel happy doing it this way or doing it that way? Okay. So instead of looking at it logically, analytically, I just looked at it from a a standpoint of feeling. Um, And just doing that over and over again, it's almost like the heart starts to wake up and goes, oh, you're actually listening to me now. Okay, I'm going to start giving you better advice because I know that you're there and that you're listening. And when you start doing that with small things, then it starts working for the bigger things. Yeah. And then your heart goes, well, what are you doing in this job? You're not happy. Let's go somewhere else. Yeah. And your brain's going, yeah, but you're getting a paycheck every two weeks. We need to keep doing this. And it's, you can stay in this job for the rest of your career. And it's really great. And you can keep getting promoted. And um, you're doing a good job. And your heart, heart goes, yeah, but you're miserable. You don't like going to work every day. You can't be creative. You can't. Use your imagination. You can't just get up and travel whenever you want to. Mm. And that's who you are. That's what you want out of life. You're independent. You're a free person. Um, And so I started to direct my attention towards my heart. It started speaking to me in that way through my feelings and just, you know, that kind of pushed me along. That's incredible. You're such an inspirational man. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that's incredible that you've been able to do this. You've had the courage to step into your truth. 
and follow what really makes you happy. And I know that you're still on the unknown journey right now as well. Right. So you probably, is it scary at the moment or you feel really comfortable at the moment? Well, I just uh, ended my career a few days ago. I've, yeah, I so this was, is a big moment, everyone. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was in it for 10 years. Um, it was very stable. And um, I decided a couple of years ago that I was definitely going to leave. It was always on the table. And I think maybe I've been mentally preparing myself for that. I'm moving yeah. on. I'm not working now for the, the time being. I'll be traveling for the next couple of years. And if anything, going to Australia. Woo! <laughs> if anything, that's that's a little scary. The idea that I'm not going to have a paycheck two weeks from now um, yeah. or or ever for, for the time being. But I felt really comfortable even just a week ago. And everyone, of course, is coming out to me being like, hey, you know, are you OK? Like, you're, leaving the, you're leaving a job and like you don't know what's next. And I'm like, yeah. I, for the first time in my life, I don't feel afraid of that. I yeah. feel like ready to embrace it. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And it's exciting, you know? Super exciting. I can relate to that. We sort of feel like we've had similar journeys. I let everything go in Australia right. to come to America on the unknown and just like jump both feet in and see what happens basically. And it's been an incredible journey so far for about 14 months. So yeah. I'm very excited to hear about what happens and who knows who you're going to meet and exactly. what's going to happen. And right. it's incredible when you start to follow intuition versus your head and how things unfold. And I feel like there's a better plan for all of us Yes. Um, than what we can actually imagine. Absolutely. I feel like our bra- we're actually too limited in our creative thinking in the way that we want our life. Right. is very limited and very small compared to what the universe has planned for us. And if we listen to the guidance, it ends up being incredible. No, that's really well said. And it's almost like when these tragic things happen in our life, whether it's getting fired from a job or a divorce, leaving a relationship, in the moment, we all just want to be angry and sad and like, I can't believe this happened to me. How is this happening? But if we can also look at that from the standpoint of this is how, you know, the universe is 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 knocking me off my horse and telling me you're not supposed to be riding this horse anymore. You're supposed to be going in that direction. And it's painful at first, but it almost always seems to work out in the end. It does. You know, so the sooner you can get on board and realize that that's actually what's going on, the quicker it converts and you can start that new process. It's like the, if we have resistance to the change, that's what causes more pain and the pain lasts longer. And as opposed to you and I have done the same thing. We've leaned into the pain and gone, all right, I don't know what's really going on, but I'm just going to lean in, face, deal with it. And it's those big moments in life, I think, the most painful ones, which are there to remind us to wake up, to put us back on the right path. And they're our biggest growth opportunities too. Right. And for me, I see the lessons and the blessings in those moments. And now that I think like that so much, even when situations are happening that suck, like I'm like, this sucks right now. I wish I am like, all right. What is a lesson and what is a blessing? Like, what's right. going on right now? Like, can I see any of that right now? Or am I going to have to wait till this is a hindsight moment? But that's how I try. And sometimes in the moment I can see those, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to hang on to those one positive and two positive things at the moment until, you know, I'm cleared through the emotional disaster of this and can see the rest. So that's very exciting. Right. Yeah. It's like we want to fight with reality or fate or whatever it is that's directing our life. And if we can just remember that we're never going to win, that thing is in any (laughs) fight, it's always going to win. So stop resisting it. It's going to be painful, but just take that punch. Yeah. I feel like it blows up way worse if the more we resist. Absolutely. Because you keep fighting with this thing that you can't beat 
Yeah. So let it, let it knock you down and don't, you know, get up when you're supposed to, but don't keep fighting that thing. Cause it's, it's not fighting you. It's trying to push you in a different direction. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not knocking you down because it wants to make you miserable. It's yeah. trying to wake you back up. If anything, you know? Yeah. I love a quote that I've read and it's a nice one. I say this to people all the time. Rejection is just redirection. It's not actually like a rejection or rejecting you. It's just redirecting you to something else. Like that yes. wasn't for you. And that's okay. Cause there's something else coming. That's better. Right. But your ego wants to latch onto that and be like, this is why I'm not loved. Yeah. You know, this is why I'm not good enough. Yeah. Because it wants to take that rejection or that thing that goes wrong as proof of who the ego thinks that it is. Yeah. But if you're listening to your heart, because your heart knows that, hey, this rejection is exactly what you needed. Because now I can say, like, you didn't need that thing. We're going to go over here. Yeah. It's going to be really exciting to see where you're at in 12 oh, thank months you. time. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. It's very exciting. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Josh. This oh, has been a great it. chat. And I'm sure that it's going to help a lot of people in their moments in their life as well. So thank you. Well, thanks for having me on. You have just listened to Our Deepest Secrets Revealed podcast with Sarah Finlay. Don't forget to subscribe to be alerted to our next episode. Connect with us via Twitter. And if you have any questions, please email my question at ourdeepestsecretsrevealed.com. Help us get the word out there and email a friend or two today about this episode. You can go over to iTunes and share the episode directly to a friend via a tweet, Facebook Messenger share, or post it to your profile. Otherwise, you can copy the link and email it. Thank you so much for sharing. Until next time, keep shining. Enjoyed this episode of our Deepest Secrets Reveal? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's like leaving a tip and really appreciate it. Thank you.